Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. It's Summer Camp for Moms Week 2 featuring the goddess of relaunching, Carol Fishman-Cohen. And if you are joining us for the first time, we're currently running a month of replays focused on helping moms discover and develop their passions while their kids are off doing that same thing at their own summer camps this summer. And I am so excited to replay Carol's episode about relaunching in the workforce. It just inspired me and energized me all over again as I did the prep work. Oh, I know this episode is packed with so many great actionable steps that you can take, whether you are ready to relaunch into the workforce now, or you are happily taking a career break and just want to explore for the future. Mm -hmm. So Carol and the I relaunch team have been doing incredible work in this space since gosh, 2007. So this is some tried and true info. She talks us through the how to's of getting started, like reflecting and getting specific about what you want. And we talked a little bit about building confidence and becoming an expert in whatever it is you're choosing to relaunch into. Yes. And of course, networking and using tools like LinkedIn. Yes, I still need help with that. <laughs> and I really loved the part of the episode where we talked about the four C's for all relaunchers to consider. And I'm not going to say them here. You have to listen. Um, and she helped us kind of think through if you have to sacrifice any of those and how you decide which ones you sacrifice. Um, and I also really loved the tools available on the iRelaunch website that she walks us through. Um, in fact, I just bought and downloaded the return to work roadmap for myself as I start to consider what I'm doing because a friend asked me about it this weekend and I couldn't answer. You know what? I just had a dream last night about going back to work and someone had had put all their stuff in my office, which I guess after 15 years they would. But... <laughs> <laughs> they just held it as a shrine to Suzanne for 15 years. And I was years. so mad, but yeah, anyway. That's great. I digress. Get out of my office. <laughs> And I was reminded of how amazing the 321 I Relaunch podcast is. It is such a great resource that dives into how other people have relaunched, including, oh my God, our favorite thing is the specific information, like the scripts and dialogues, like literally, like these are the words that should come out of your mouth kind of script. It's the best. It's the best. So good. I just started listening to it again as I'm getting more serious about this relaunch journey and it is good, good. And if you happen to catch the YouTube version of this episode, when I was doing the prep work, I completely <laughs> forgot that Suzanne froze and I, I was panicked. I think this was our first major glitch. So Suzanne was frozen in this like dreamy get, looking yeah. at Carol face. I'll try and reenact it. It was, it was a nice freeze. I usually freeze like this, but um I was panicked and now we're, we're glitch pros. We've had many glitches since then, but we can at least hear Suzanne. So we talked to just her frozen face. That's kind oh. of fun to look at. Oh, especially. Yeah. If, if you're going to have a glitch, do it with one of your idols that you've been <laughs> dreaming of talking to for yeah, years. Absolutely. Oh my God. Sorry, girl. But yeah, with that, you might want to watch it on YouTube or you can go and jump into the podcast now. We'll see you next week. Enjoy it. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, foster care advocate, and today, accidental pumpkin farmer. I'll tell you more about that later.
I would like to hear more about that. And I'm Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ ally, and this week a summer camp chauffeur again. <laughs> and today we are thrilled to have Carol Fishman Cohen on the podcast. Carol is a mom and dot, 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 builder of corporate career reentry programs, leader of the iRelaunch hashtag return to work community, which is now 85,000 plus strong. I'm sure that might even be an older number. Yeah, it's actually over 90,000 now. Oh my goodness. And all around pioneer in the career re-entry space. And of course, she is the co-author of the ultimate back to work Bible, the back on the career track. Mine is very well used. (laughs) I love this book. And her viral TED Talk, How to Get Back to Work After a Career Break, has nearly 3.5 million views and is translated in 30 languages. And also, she is the host of the popular 321 iRelaunch podcast, which we love. And together with her iRelaunch team, she produces the iRelaunch Return to Work conferences, working with over 100 global companies on return to work programs of all kinds and is a graduate of Pomona College and Harvard Business School and lives outside of Boston. So welcome, Carol. We are so excited to have you here. Thanks, Suzanne. Thanks, Mitzi. It's great to be here. We are just so thrilled and honored to have you here today because what you're about is something we are so passionate about. That whole relaunching is really what we're trying to talk to women about. And a lot of our listeners have been home for a while, whether by choice or by necessity, whether they're caring for children or possibly their own parents or someone else in their household. And now they're ready to get back out there and do something else. But for our listeners who may not know everything you do with IRE Launch, could you give them sort of the IRE Launch and Carol 101? Sure. So some of it, Suzanne, you already covered in the intro, but I relaunched as the pioneering company in the career reentry space. We've been around since 2007 and actually was working in the space even before I relaunched was co-founded. So we've been working with employers and return to work programs for almost 20 years now. And we spend most of our time working with employers to develop and expand return to work programs of all kinds. So our return ships, which I know a lot of people recognize that name, but there are other variations of return to work programs too uh, that we're involved in. And we also manage a national and lead a national community of over 90,000 relaunchers. And I should say how we define a relauncher. Yeah. When we first started, um, and you can see, and th- I'm glad you have back on the career track that came out in 2007. <laughs> and at that time, the subtitle of the book was was mentioning stay at home moms. So we have to be very focused on the relauncher definition as pertaining to women who take career breaks for childcare reasons. But now we look much more broadly at the population. There can be men and women who take career breaks for childcare reasons, mm-hmm. and there can be men and women who take career breaks for reasons that have nothing to do with childcare. So as you mentioned, elder right. care, but maybe their own health issue or an extended travel or expat experience. We have military spouses who've been moving around from place to place, um, veterans who've taken career breaks after military service, uh, people who unretire after retiring and mm-hmm. go back to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we look at that population very broadly now. And so do yeah. companies. Uh, and I guess the other piece of it is that I'm a relauncher myself. So I was a financial analyst in a corporate finance group at an investment bank 
in working in the late 80s, if anyone remembers, it was Drexel Burnham Lambert. And Drexel collapsed in February of 1990 when I was on maternity leave with my first child. And so I didn't have a company to go back to. I uh, decided mm. that I wasn't going to go looking for my next big job. And I was, we wanted to have more kids and we had three more kids in close succession. So stayed home with them, ended up staying home with them for 11 years. And I didn't really have a plan. I, it just ended up being that way. But mm-hmm. around year nine, it was 1999. This was a long time ago. It was 1999 <laughs> when I was in year nine. And I was starting to think, I... I need to get back to work. And and no one was talking about this. There were no programs. There was no media attention. I didn't know a single other person who had returned. So I didn't know really how I was going to do it. But I remember thinking, I'm getting ready and I'm going to have to figure this out. So ultimately, I ended up relaunching my career again as a financial analyst at an investment firm, Bain Capital, based in Boston. uh, And that was in 2001. And so I've really been through every stage of this transition firsthand. And I feel very connected to the tens of thousands of relaunchers who we work with and who I give talks to that used to be a person and now they've been virtual and who knows what they'll be going forward. <laughs> but I, I really feel a strong connection and I, I understand deeply what it means to be professionally disconnected for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and the ramifications that have on your personal and professional life. So yeah. I guess we'll start there. Well, I love that. Well, you mentioned that you went back to work as the same career that you had left. And yeah. I find that really interesting as I think about relaunching. I used to be a senior account executive in advertising. I worked on Disney and Apple. It was very high stress. And I don't want to go back to that. I think part of, <laughs> I think part of me being at home this long is I'm a little traumatized mm-hmm. from the from the pace of the I advertising world. And we do talk to a lot of other women, not for you know due to being stressed out from it, but just that want to make a change. So there's a lot of us yeah. that have taken this career path mm-hmm. that was based on a college major that we probably chose when we were 18 and just confused, and we were probably just taking classes that our best friend was taking, and <laughs> and we don't often take the time to really stop and think, okay, is this really what I want to be doing? And so it seems to be, you know, during that break is a good time to do that. But it also can be really scary because it's hard to know even where to start, like trying to evaluate what your skills are and what's available and what that looks like. So I know that that's part of looking at the relaunch process. So just really curious about what, you know, what are some of your favorite ways of working with people to try to figure out what's a really great fit for their their next phase? So this point you bring up is so important uh, because people who take career breaks will often recognize later that it was a gift to, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the first time you allow yourself to step back and reflect on whether you were on the right career path to begin with. And invariably, I mean, maybe a third of the people figure out that they were not either as you're saying, they just kind of fell into something. And, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't very, as you're also referencing, we weren't that fully formed, you know, when we no. were that age. Yes. And, and to make decisions, career decisions based or something that would last a lifetime based on where your head was at and where you were at at that moment 
crazy. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's you like know, hiring it's, it's an 18 like... year old to be in charge of the rest of your life. Like if I just went to some <laughs> random 18 year old and said, Hey, what should I do? What What do you think my career what sounds cool be? to you? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And and also and then you have the people who are fulfilling someone else's expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, well, my yeah. parents always want me to go to law school. So I went to law school, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so when people step back and reflect when they're on, on career break, we find that they end up relaunching in one of three directions. So, uh, you know, I relaunched in my financial analysis role because I didn't do any of this. This was one of the mistakes I made. I didn't even occur to me to sort of think about how my interests and skills changed or have not changed while I've been mm-hmm. on career break. Am I a different person now? Like, I just thought, oh, yeah, I was good at that. I liked it. And I'm just going to go right back into it. So that, that was something that I, I tried because that was lots of I learned that I tried to communicate. <laughs> with with relaunchers but we find that some relaunchers are very fortunate and it turns out they were on the right career path to begin with Mm -hmm. and they still recognize that years later and they go back to exactly what they left there are other people who realize there was something about their career like you know stress spontaneous (laughs) travel or travel or you know we call it spontaneous travel versus planned travel so like you're on the first plane out tomorrow morning is different than if you know in two weeks from now you're going to have a trip and you can kind of play out around it, right? Right. So some people go back to something related to what they did before, but not exactly the same thing. And mm-hmm. side note, this is sometimes why people end up taking a lower compensated job than they had yes. before the career break because they're willing to take less money in order not to have to travel all the time or not mm-hmm. to have 24-7 accountability. And we can get into that. We have time later. But so that's option two. They go back to something related. And then option three is they realize they were not on the right career path to begin with. And then they end up relaunching in an entirely new direction. So your question was, like, what process do they go through to figure this out? So we have in back of the career track. And, and I have to say, you know, back of the career track came out in 2007. There are a lot of parts of the book that are obsolete now. Like we didn't even have a social media section because we turned yes. to the manuscript, I think, at the end of 2005 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we now have a product that we call Roadmap, where we took some of the fundamentals that were in back of the career track, but then we had 13 years of working with thousands of relaunchers and employers and all these new experiences and knowledge. And we wrapped all of that into the roadmap product. So mm-hmm. that takes you through in great detail all the different stages of returning to work. But I'd say the critical piece is something called the job building blocks worksheet. And that is a process of looking at each of your prior significant work and volunteer experiences and breaking each one into components and extracting those components you love and are best at and then leaving the rest on the table. And mm-hmm. so if you go through that process through for your significant prior work and volunteer experiences, you end up with these pile of extracted components, and then you can build back up a new career path for yourself. And you can do that on your own or with a group of trusted friends or with a career coach. Lots of ways you can get ideas and build that back up. And that's a process that people use. And then we say overlay that with something called the four C's. It used to be the three C's and back on the career track, but we've added one. Uh, <laughs> Um, their control, which is control over your schedule, content, which is what you do on the job hub, compensation, of course, how much mm-hmm. you're going to get paid, and then culture, like do you believe in the 
company's mission and, you know, what, what is the environment and people you work with and all of that. And so we say that you shouldn't have to trade more than one C to get back on a career track. So mm. like people used to train compensation for control. They'd say, I'm going to take less money than I think it's fair or than I'm worth in order to get the schedule that I want. Because mm -hmm. those were in the days of FaceTime in the office, pre-COVID. And well, we could talk about that too. Yeah. Um, but there was that, yeah. we, we say you shouldn't have to trade more than one C to get back on the career track. And you shouldn't have to trade that C compensation forever. Because we see people make up the compensation piece over time through ratings and promotions. So you start a business that becomes successful or you're consulting for some uh, client. And then all of a sudden you get fired by mm -hmm. that client. So um, all these different pathways. And one of the things that we do in 321 I Realize, our podcast, is to talk in depth um, with people about their relaunch journeys. So people can see, you know, all these different pathways and what were the critical moments to really understand how people went through these processes and where they ended up afterwards. And for anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast yet, I really encourage you to, I mean, it's one of those that definitely, I mean, listen to the most current one, but scroll and scroll and scroll because they get so specific. I mean, mm -hmm. it can be people who were, you know, in the church or reverends, or it could be people yeah. who were in the law, or it could be people. So very specific to whatever someone's interest is, if they want to learn more about mm -hmm. that particular field, or if it's something that they used to do. Um, yeah, it's just, it gets really nitty gritty. We talk on such a broad scale here on our right. podcast about just in general defining our values you know trying to figure out what we want to do next but if you want to get nitty-gritty what it looks like for particular uh industries or fields definitely that is the podcast you need to go dive in on Thank it you. absolutely um, is yeah we really that's one of our goal is to get really specific and like mm -hmm. i'll say well what did you actually write on that email or, or when you called that yeah. person, like, what did you say? Like, you haven't talked yeah. to them in 14 years. You know, what did you say? Yeah, so oh, that's one of my favorite things, like the, your emphasis on having scripts. Missy yes. and I always yeah. say that. We're like, tell us exactly, like, what are the words that should come out of my mouth when I do this? Every and expert we have on, we're like, please go over this with us very, very specifically. <laughs> Don't give us a task that's general because we need, we need help. We need yeah. scripts. We find that that's the most in-demand resource that we have. We call it scripts and dialogues, what mm -hmm. to write and what to say. And Ugh. we we have a we have a four-part series in our blog. We also release a weekly blog mm -hmm. in addition to a weekly podcast. And if you search on irelaunch.com for scripts and dialogues, you will find the series. And it gives you, it writes out what to say and what to write in different situations. It's so helpful. I yeah, want to revisit incredible. before we run. I feel like we're going to run out of time and I'm starting to panic. There's so much now I want to cover. <laughs> well, I know. We'll probably have to have you back, but I really <laughs> want to revisit that compensation C. Yeah. Because something we're hearing so often is that women, especially when they relaunch, take a huge pay cut. And yep. some of that pay cut is the direct effect of having stayed home for a while but some of that is wanting the control because we're in a different place in our lives and we can't jump on a plane tomorrow morning or we don't want to. We could. We don't want to necessarily. So mm -hmm. what are you seeing now in a post-COVID world compensation wise? And what are you seeing just in employers starting to get wise to the fact that relaunchers are valuable? Right. And so I don't want to paint that picture of the trading compensation for control of something that everyone does. It's something right. that some relaunchers do. And so, um, you know, level and compensation when people return to work in a full-time job and they're really, they want to 
go all in and go work full time in, in a job that, that they're interested in. Uh, and what we've found is that sometimes relaunchers, it takes them a while. And so sometimes they'll just take something much more junior just to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I wrote an article for Harvard Business Review about this. I write a series of articles for Harvard Business Review on career reentry topics. If you go to HBR, Carol Fishman Cohen, and you search that, you'll see all of them. Okay, but one cool. of them is on this topic. And so what we did is we went in and we spoke with relaunchers who had already been back a number of years and had been pretty successful. But when they came in, they came in at a much more junior level to what they had left pre-career break. And to a person, the advice from them was, don't worry about the level. Just get your foot in the door. And the raises and promotions will come along. Mm-hmm. And so that's one perspective. And then another perspective I want to bring to the table here is when we're working with relaunchers who are inside organizations who are in programs, usually they're in some kind of return to work program. We have heard some of them say that, you know, I came in at too low of a level because I didn't think I could do it. Like I didn't think I could work at that same level that I left. But now that I've been back a few months, I can totally do it. So, you know, sometimes you just don't know and you're not sure and you're being risk averse. And so you go for that lower level role. And then the the, the third perspective, this is another article I wrote for HBR, is five reasons why people take lower compensation when they return to work. And one of them is trading compensation for control. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is if you are one of those people who is relaunching in a brand new field, then maybe you have to come in more entry level because Mm -hmm. you're new to the field. There's some people who say, I just want a less stressful job. Now, this is a different Mm -hmm. person from the one who comes in more junior and then realizes, oh my gosh, I could really, I'm more capable. I should have come in at a higher level. Some people intentionally want to be in that lower level job because they're in a certain life stage and they're like, I want to be able to do this job in my sleep. And Mm -hmm. that's just where I am right now. And I'm going to take a more junior level job. It'll be less stressful. I can um, run my life the way I like outside of work and deliver excellent results to my employer. Mm-hmm. Now that takes some convincing of the employer, real yeah. educating of the employer. Like, why are you applying for this role? You seem so overqualified. And then you have to kind of work through that. So, so there are lots of different perspectives here. Oh, yeah. um, and, oh and then there are the people who come in at a junior level because they've been out for a long time and they just want to get their feet wet again before they feel comfortable moving up. So lots of different reasons, but there's a bunch of perspectives on, on level and yeah. compensation. Oh, I think you're frozen, Suzanne. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. You're, I thought you were holding really still. <laughs> we can hear um, you. You can. Okay, just, great. Well, being, then I'll just, I'll just keep yeah, you up just and talk. then it's okay if I'm frozen. My okay. kids are all probably taking up the bandwidth of the house with their Minecraft and stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh, I look funny just frozen there while I'm talking, but no, I want to jump back real quick. You mentioned this idea of the confidence and going in mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't know what you don't know as far as what your skill level's at and what's going to be required of the job. But we really enjoyed the I Relaunch virtual conference. Just, gosh, was yes. that last month? Two months? No. Oh, it was May. Too fast. In May. Wow, it was wow. in May already. Okay. And we got so much great information out of it. And one of my biggest takeaways, and it's something that we hear from a lot of the guests on our show as well, is that the biggest hurdle to getting your dream job sometime can just be lacking the confidence to even try. 
to yeah. get it totally. or think that you can yeah. get it. And yeah. I know that's a big topic for you because I know that learn confidence is step two of your seven step guide in the book. <laughs> you have done your homework. <laughs> yes, going through the relaunch process. But, you know, we need people to obviously go either sign up for the relaunch roadmap or read the book to really dive into the details. But yeah. can you share your experience with all these relaunchers, what some of your top lessons or tips are about rebuilding confidence and just knowing yeah. that, yes, you can do this. Yeah, it's it's such a huge topic. And I, you know, this professional disconnectedness, and I I talked about this at the conference on the professional disconnectedness and feeling like you can't answer the question, what do you do when you're asked in a social situation? And then kind of having that feeling that people don't really want to talk to you that much after they find out that answer. And it's Mm -hmm. just this reflection of society attaching so much uh, importance to what we do in terms of our identity as a person. And then when you separate from that for an extended period of time, that's that's when you have the diminished sense of self and, you know, sort of the core of that confidence loss. So uh, there are a few steps in terms of building confidence. One of them is this whole career assessment piece, like figuring out exactly what you want to do all over again. Now, mm-hmm. that piece, I'm just going to go back to it for a second, even though we talked about it for a minute before, is because it takes a lot of time to figure mm-hmm. it out. And it takes a lot of thought yeah. and deliberation. It's not as easy as, I'm just going to go update my resume, you know, even though that's hard right. too. Oh. But, it, yes. but it's a very different process than this, like, what exactly am I going to do? Because one of the things that we talk about is you can't be a generalist about it. You have to be really specific mm. about what you want to do. So, you know, you want a role in finance? Well, exactly what kind of role in finance? What department? What area do you want to work in? What function? And the same with, you know, like like a librarian. You know, like, okay. Librarians might come back and then they're going to specialize in business libraries or children's libraries or something more specific. So right. you have to get really specific because that drives the rest of your relaunch. So mm. first, just getting that focus and figuring out what it is you want to do again. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Then once you know what you want to do, then you have to either upskill in the same field or, or reskill in some other field or right. related. And this is a really important piece, becoming a subject matter expert all over again, because mm-hmm. that equals confidence. If you yeah. have done your homework and you have uh, researched who the experts are in the field and what books and articles to read and, you know, podcasts and, and YouTube videos to watch and listen to understand what are the controversies in your field? What are the products? What, what is the language? What are the acronyms? Why aren't we doing the same thing that we used to do when I used to work and what's changed? If you are conversant in all of that, then you will be able to have substantive conversations with people who you speak to or in your profession, maybe ultimately when we're meeting people in person, you meet them at professional association meetings, it will be much more interesting content for interviews and you're going to feel a lot more confident. So you have to get on top of that because that's a huge piece. And then once you know what you want to do and you're getting up to speed, you've all heard, you know, you have to have an elevator pitch, sort of the succinct summary of what you're interested in doing and your background and be able to say it in a minute or two minutes or whatever. So you might have different elevator pitches of different lanes or different contexts. So find the two minute version and practice it over and over and over again out loud, Mm -hmm. because 
that is going to help your confidence too. The easier it is when someone asks you, you can just like say the answer. You don't have to think about it. It's going to sound better. And just knowing it and having it sound better is going to make you feel more confident too. And then I think the third piece is when you get back uh, in touch with people from the past. So when we're talking about networking, one of the things to talk about is this group of people you went to school with or you worked with before your career break. And you may find that when you get back in touch with those people, they're so excited about you getting back to work because they don't know anything about your diminished sense of self and for, you know, <laughs> years of your career break where you think lesser of yourself. They remember they you don't like know you that. So sometimes they're more excited and confident about it than you are. And that's, that's pretty helpful. great. Yes. Just ride that wave. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's this piece that we've talked about a little bit and you've touched on it just now. Things are really different than they were when a lot of us left the workforce. With social media, with what our businesses are doing. Our businesses have had to pivot completely because the world is so different. And a lot of our listeners that we've talked to are a little bit intimidated by things like LinkedIn and having a social media presence. Can you talk a little bit about the process that you offer with one-on-one coaching services to help people like us who are a little bit scared of places like LinkedIn? (laughs) Right. So, I mean, this whole obsolescence piece has all these different dimensions to it. Like, I'll just say, um, when I was on career break, I uh, got rid of my subscription to the Wall Street Journal, so I didn't read it for a really long time. And when I was going back into into the finance world, I had to resubscribe and I had to read it for six months. And I was like, I didn't even know what, like, there was all this consolidation in the finance world and companies had gone under and merged and changed names. And I was afraid I was going to go into some interview and talk about some company that didn't exist. Didn't exist. Yes. So oh I, I had to, you know, that was sort of like the first part of my mm-hmm. getting up to speed again uh, was that. Yeah. So, you know, the social media, and I guess I will call it office productivity tools. So this whole category of Slack and Yammer oh, and yeah. Basecamp. And of course, we all know Zoom now and the whole Google office and the Microsoft Office Suite, which is totally updated. So all right. of that um, falls into this category. It's really important to know what these things are and mm-hmm. to be able to use some of them. So either that means you need to take a course in them and there's plenty of free online courses. LinkedIn has its own set of, yes. of courses. There's a, there's a guy named Oliver Schinkton. I think it's S-C-H-I-N-C-K-T-O-N, Shinkton. Okay. I might have gotten that spelling a little off. He is a- We'll look it up. He, okay, good. He teaches LinkedIn, he works for LinkedIn and teaches courses about LinkedIn. And we've had him speak at some of our conferences. Yeah. So that's one source of courses that are about LinkedIn itself. And then, you know, there are plenty of specialty coaches that talk about mm-hmm. that. And yes, we have a coaching team. The iRelaunch coaches have been- coaching relaunchers now, they've been affiliated with us some of them for over a decade. I mean, they've, wow. they've been coaching hundreds and hundreds of relaunchers, very, very familiar with the whole progression of, of relaunchers and all, all the different ways. So they can also give you some very pointed advice yeah. on social media and office productivity tools. So anyway, the other thing you can do is take on some kind of a volunteer role. Um, it could be a project that there's something called catchafire.org, which is a database of volunteer projects, catchafire.org. 
Okay. And then there are, there's idealist.org and volunteermatch.org, which are more role-based volunteer mm -hmm. opportunities, but that may force you. It's like if you have <laughs> yeah. some organization and they're using Slack, you're going to have to figure out how to use it. So, yeah. and then there are some um, people who actually go in and they get credentialed or certified in like right. Salesforce or, you know, mm -hmm. some of these um, other tools where companies hire people like them in order to work with right. clients. So there's, there are all the different um, aspects of this, but I think the bottom line is um, free or, or low-cost courses that are specifically on these office productivity tools um, or taking volunteer roles that sort of throw you into it. And then the social media piece, slightly different, and it's, again, changing all the time. So I would say LinkedIn is for job searching, of course, but also like for the work we do, I would say LinkedIn is the most important platform that I have as an individual in terms of self-publishing and getting words out. I, get, I have a lot hearing. of followers. I get a lot of traction. And if I put the same thing out on Twitter where I have, I have about 7,000 followers on both. Wow. The, the LinkedIn follower um, sort of engagement it, it is so much better than, than what's happening on Twitter. That didn't used to be the case. Right. Twitter used to be the place where there was more activity. Now, mm -hmm. of course, we have Instagram and we have TikTok. Oh, There's a lot we, going on. We're on up TikTok. to one follower on TikTok, and it yeah, is we my just daughter. got on TikTok. <laughs> so, I am not on TikTok yet, and I still like my team knows that one of the to dos for me is to teach me how to do oh. like some like a video on TikTok. I just I just have not done that. Um, Suzanne's I, daughter I, is teaching us. Yeah, see, that's we, who we, feel exactly. we feel you. We feel you. I am on Clubhouse. Uh, that, so that's kind of new. So Clubhouse yeah. is a newer one. But you know what? Like I never got to involved with Snapchat. So anyway, yeah. you got to be aware of, of these. But we also say with social media, Twitter is a really great place to research companies, to look at their mm. Twitter page. Sometimes mm. they have 10 Twitter pages um, to like click through and read the reports that they might be posting about on Twitter. And then you can talk about them in an interview. You say, you know, I was on your Twitter page and when I saw that report on, you know, the economic outlook for 2021, I read it. And and th these were some of the things I thought were interesting. So you're sort of subtly communicating, oh yeah, I'm on social media. I was, I was yes. on your Twitter page. And you're also saying, and I wasn't just kind of like idly scrolling. I actually found something that was interesting. I clicked through, I read it. I have an opinion on it. That right. is different than what a lot of people will say in an interview. Now, a yes. lot of a lot of our listeners are not necessarily in the relaunch frame of mind yet. They're still kind of, you yeah, know, maybe there. they know eventually they're going to need to relaunch. But we try to encourage, um, especially stay-at-home moms, to use this time. You know, you just like you're mm -hmm. letting your child explore and play and signing them up for all these camps to try to figure out, you know, which one sticks. Like, yeah, do some of that for yourself and see what some of those interests are that maybe you never knew you like tennis or maybe you never knew that you liked you know whatever this activity was so mm -hmm. are, are there some things that you would encourage 
Oh, well, actually, one of the other things we encourage is really strategic volunteering, like you had just referred to. Like, don't think that you're only qualified to bake cookies for the school. You have skills that you can bring to a nonprofit or to some other area where you can right. still be volunteering your time, but also building up your skills at the same time. So just mm -hmm. really curious as some of the best tips that you have for some people who aren't quite relaunching, but they know they're going to need to someday and want to make the mm -hmm. best use of their time. Yeah. So... I like this idea of sort of dipping your toe in and trying different things. There is a classic book. I, I, I don't want to say classic like it was. it's from like a it's century ago. It's from the ago, 20s. But, but, <laughs> um, but there is a well-known book called Working Identity by Her Hermenia Ibarra. And it's all about this trying it out and ways mm -hmm. to try out um, uh, different options for yourself uh, and sort of bite-sized pieces. And boy, while you're on career break, that's the perfect time to do it. Uh, yeah. So I would say, take a look at that book and and think about that. Um, the other thing is, we have relaunchers that just swear by Toastmasters, the organization where people oh, we've we heard have that. heard that. Yeah, we to have be heard public, that. Um, okay. to, to be public speakers. So Toastmasters, everyone's trying to be a better public speaker. We yes. had a relauncher panel at the iRelaunch conference. Two out of the four relaunchers talked about how meaningful mm -hmm. Toastmasters was. Mm -hmm. That's another confidence builder. One of them said to force myself to get up in front of other people and talk, help me get up in front of other people and tell my story. And as, wow. of course, I was also learning how to become a better public speaker at the same time. But it is an environment where a lot of people are working. So for networking purposes, it's very inexpensive to join. It's like 45 or $50 every six months. And there are chapters everywhere. Like if you go to Toastmaster.org, like all over the world, literally. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing is it's very supportive environment because everyone is working toward this, this thing. Right. So that's a really good one. And then we also find, and this will probably be more meaningful once people are fully back in, in person, is to attend university lecture series in areas mm -hmm. that are interest to you. They're usually free. They're usually mm -hmm. open to the public. And you can sort of... Um, Ease your way back in. It's like a, a first time networking practice. You're going to go yeah. in and say, I'm just going to go talk to the person who's sitting next to me. I'm not mm -hmm. going in to meet the speaker or have <laughs> these professional conversations. Right. You can do that later. But at some point, you'll, you'll learn a lot of things. Uh, you'll be able to test out different interests and see, wow, I was riveted by that. Then you'll know, okay, there's something there versus, mm -hmm. you know, you fell asleep the whole time, maybe right. not. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then you will work up to the point where you go because you want to meet the speaker. So that's another thing um, to think about in terms of trying, trying out different interests. That oh, is I such good that. advice, Suzanne. I think we're going to have to do Toastmasters. I know we keep hearing it. And I think, yeah, I definitely was hearing it from some of the panels on the, at the I relaunch mm -hmm. conference. Um, but I've, we've heard it from a couple of other guests on the show and just from yep. friends. And I do think, you know, especially even if you're not thinking of it in terms of a career, I think the most isolating and also confidence killing thing of a stay at home mom is just that being at home and not having the connections. And even if you don't talk to the person next to you, you still get that 
feeling of connection that you were somewhere not your house you were probably dressed up in clothes that didn't have spit up on them hopefully um, yes yeah maybe not you never know <laughs> never know <laughs> um but yeah so i just think that that just the mind space that that has the potential to get you into even if you're not using it for you know the means to an end it's just yeah. the end of itself to get out of the house i think that's a great idea have a shared experience that's beyond your home is huge oh yes with adults with adults yes Yes, exactly only (laughs) like-minded adults adults. i mean that's so you're in a room with people who are all there for the same lecture or want to learn to be better speakers for whatever reason you're just sharing an experience with a similar goal and that makes a huge difference in your day so carol we've been talking a lot about the ivory launch conference but i know that for anybody who's like oh no i missed it there's it's not the last one ever you do them a couple a few times a year and now they're available online at least the one i went to was available all virtually so would love to just make sure before we jump into look listen learn that you have a chance to let people know where to find you and any of the conferences or events that you have coming up Thank you. Um, so you can go to irelaunch.com and there you'll find all our tools and resources. You should get on our mailing list. We don't send out spam. Every week we send out the return to work report and it has return to work programs and jobs and events and news and tips and resources and success stories. So it's all really substantive stuff that has to do with relaunching. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, we talked about the podcast and then the I relaunch return to work conference. Suzanne, you're exactly right. We went virtual because we needed to in 2020. <laughs> uh, we used to, our prior model was we'd go to a college campus. We were at Columbia, New York. We were at Kellogg uh, in Chicago. We were at Stanford on the West Coast. We were supposed to be at MIT and Boston for the first time, but then COVID happened and we didn't do yeah. it. So overnight uh, we went virtual and overnight we went national. So now any employer recruiting anywhere in the country can sponsor and go there to recruit and hire relaunchers. And any relauncher from anywhere in the country can attend to meet these employers. And we had over a thousand relaunchers at this last conference. So it's three days. The first two days are all about content. You hear from employers. I do a keynote. You hear from relaunchers. You hear from our coaches. We answer questions live in the sessions. And then the third date is 100% dedicated to meeting the recruiters. It's, it's like an online job fair. We do it in spring and fall. The next one is October 5th through 7th. And okay. registration is going to open sometime in the next month. I don't know the exact date, but. We'll keep an eye on it and we will post that to our community. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely continue to share those dates. And so are those going to continue to be available online even as the world opens up? So, you know, um, we, we haven't made like a super long-term decision yet, but mm-hmm. right now we're going to keep the online model in some way, shape or form because okay. it's, it's just been such a successful model for us, for the employers yeah. and for the relaunchers. And we want it to be national and this is the way to do it. So I would say, yes, we're going to, whether we also do an, uh, an in-person one, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> 
Got it. Oh, well, terrific. Okay. So now we've built up our look, listen, learn segment here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I've been talking on the show a lot about how uh, we're doing a big backyard renovation. So pretty much all of my looks and listens and learns involve researching, you know, gas line specifications for plumbing and stuff. So, but we finally got it. We finally got a break. We finally got a break from that. So um, yeah, I won't be boring anybody with that anymore. But the look, listen, learn segment is just where we share a little something about what we've been watching reading, listening, or learning about to help our listeners get to know you beyond your area of expertise. And so, Missy, do you want to kick it off this time? Sure. Sure. I have a couple things this week. That's the other thing. You don't have to look, listen, and learn. You can do any combination of those. (laughs) So I don't even know what mine count as this week, but I was going to tell you about the pumpkin farming. So last year after, I guess after Thanksgiving, I think it was maybe Thanksgiving Day, When we were about to switch over to holiday decorating, we decided to smash all of our pumpkins. And my brother's family does this thing where they smash their pumpkins and do the airing of the grievances. So when you (laughs) smash it, you can talk about what you're mad at, which I thought was so funny. It's so therapeutic. (laughs) So we have some green space behind our house. So we have a like a stone fence and there's a wrought iron fence above it. And so you can see into the green space really well. And you can also climb over there pretty easily. And so we climbed back there and that's where we smashed our pumpkins. And then we just left them for the wildlife that lives Mm -hmm. back there. Well, the other day I was on my fence watering my window boxes back there. And um, I was like, what am I looking at? And I realized we have pumpkin vines with pumpkin flowers. And so now I'm growing pumpkins. That's oh. so cool. It's so cool. So I've been doing a little bit of reading and trying to figure out, I think they really might produce pumpkins if we get enough rain. So that's always hit or miss here. But uh, yeah, here in Texas. Eh. Yeah, you never know. We've had so much lately and then we'll probably have a huge dry spell. But it's very possible that this fall, I will have grown my own pumpkins. So. Oh, well, I'm officially reserving my pumpkin. I'm coming yeah. to your pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah, I have this fantasy that, because we'll do it again this year, that we will turn that entire green space into this accidental pumpkin patch. I think it would be so cool. <laughs> that So like some of, some of those seeds somehow just made it underground. And, yeah. and wow. You know, um, I'm from Southern California, even though I live in Boston. Um, and I, I grew up in Long Beach, California, and I, and I just went back to see my mom, who's still living in the same house where I grew up in. And oh, on wow. the side of her house, she has these incredible peach trees. And because you're in Southern California, she doesn't have to water them or anything. Right. They, just grow, they oh. grew from peach pits that she planted in the ground. Oh, and, my And, you gosh. know, now it's like 50 years later, so they're like huge. Giant. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. that. Well, that's what I hope my pumpkins turn into. And years oh, from now, when we so. don't live here anymore, I hope people are yeah. like, where did those pumpkins come from? And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for our topic today, too. Planting your seeds and see what see what happens. And just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So my other thing I wanted to talk about was this book, The Deepest Well. It's called The Deepest Well, Healing Long-Term Effects of Childhood Adversity. And it's by Nadine Burke Harris. And the reason I wanted to talk about it today, and it's so, I didn't know how it would transpire in our conversation, but it totally did. We talked about how sometimes when you're on a break, you discover something that you're passionate about that you didn't realize. And mm-hmm. I'm reading this as part of my continuing education for being a foster child advocate. And that's why I picked it up. But when I started to read it, I had that, like my heart sped up and my stomach kind of did the flip. And Obviously, I'm passionate about 
children in foster care. And I've known that for a long time. And that's why I'm a CASA. But this is about adverse childhood experiences, which I don't know how familiar you both are with that. But everybody has adverse childhood experiences, but the study has been done and they are now ranked and you can do a score and see how many aces you have Mm -hmm. over your life. And everybody has anywhere from one to maybe 10. And this is all about figuring out how those ACE scores have really impacted different communities and how we can undo that and how we can actually heal our brains and generationally and systematically heal those who come after us. It's fascinating. And I could talk about it all day and I'm going to stop talking about it because (laughs) I need to move on past my turn, but (laughs) it's just, I'm not finished with it. Normally I wait for look, listen, and learn till I have finished something. And I just, I know that everybody needs to read this book to understand what is happening in so many of our communities and actually next door to you. It's happening everywhere. It's fascinating. Oh, I cannot wait to read that. So how about you, Suzanne? What you look listening oh, and listen, learning? Listen, I want to, I'll let Carol go first. Okay. Or, or do you need some more time okay. to think about your look, listen, learn? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, originally when, when we were talking about it, I was thinking about um, Elastigirl. No, no. I'm thinking <gasps> I Elastigirl. Oh, there she is. Yes. So she's our, she's our team mascot because Elastigirl is a relauncher. And if you watch the, the movie Incredibles 2, he returns to her superhero yep. work after her career break of being home, and Mr. Incredible stays home. Yes. <laughs> so she's a relauncher, and, and we find her very inspiring. But um, Missy, when you, you were just uh, talking, it made me actually think about another book that has had an impact, and it's this book called Late Bloomers by mm. a guy named Rich Carlgaard. He's a former publisher of Forbes, and he wrote this book about people who sort of figure out who they are later in life, later than mm-hmm. most people. And he actually uh, interviewed me and I'm in the introduction of his book because he looks at relaunchers as a, like a form of late blooming relaunching. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, and we call it more like re-blooming, you know, but <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, just kind of an interesting context to um, think about relaunching as opposed yeah. to on um, when Anne-Marie Slaughter wrote the book, Unfinished Business, the, yeah. I, that, that to me was actually a phrase I used. I remember I was talking to my husband. I said, I have unfinished business left to do in the career department. I remember yes. saying that. So, so like this whole concept of unfinished business or late blooming, I, I just think are, are just really good reference points for people who are anticipating a relaunch. Yes. Oh, I'm putting that that. on my list. Yeah. And we'll link to that in the show notes too. We'll make sure we get that. And then, okay. You guys have, you're at a much higher level than my looks (laughs) this week. (laughs) Well, I'm sure next week mine will be lipstick or something. I mean, don't worry (laughs) about it. Oh my gosh. I know. I didn't bring my hair coloring shampoo this week. So I am, I am a little better, but okay. So we're going to take it down to the G rated stuff with the watching Luca on Disney plus. That's what we've been watching and it's really sweet. And it's just super timely because my 11 year old son um, is following in my footsteps and trying to put off learning how to swim as long as humanly possible. (laughs) And he's bought 
11 years of his life because his mom is 50 and still doesn't know how to swim. Um, but it is, it's this super sweet movie set on the Italian Riviera, which is as close as I'm getting to a vacation this year. So that's, <laughs> even if it's a cartoon, it's nice. Um, but it's this little boy who just happens to also be a sea monster. So it's kind of got a, you know, you know, a little mermaid-esque storyline. Mm -hmm. uh, so he goes online to pursue his lifelong dream of owning a Vespa. Which, oh. <laughs> which I swear, I mean, I spent enough years on Disney to know that like, th there's a time, there's, there was some money exchanged here. I know that there's uh, like, this, uh, yeah. it is like, it's so, we we're only halfway through the That's movie, funny. but it, so far it has been like an hour long Vespa commercial. <laughs> I mean, there's Vespa songs. It's just featured uh -uh. in all, oh, it is just, there's posters. <laughs> yeah. So That's I don't great. know. It's a little ridiculous. So, but he meets another boy sea monster who's, I think, a little older than him that convinces him to stay on land, which was like super adorable and mischievous until I was like, oh, I have an 11 year old boy who I don't want to think that that is adorable and a great idea. So <laughs> we had to pause the movie and have a little talk about that. Um, <laughs> but we're only halfway through the movie, but it's super sweet for anybody who's looking for like a nice little family yeah. little fluffy family movie to watch uh, oh. so that's on disney plus but yeah we're only halfway through it because we have also um lego masters season two is out i'm not sure oh, if no. you ever watched that but as hosted by my will son Arnett. is a huge fan oh my gosh it's so fun and you know this we started watching it when my son was huge into legos and he's not yeah. super huge into legos right now but it's mm -mm. just these fun competitions like last week's was you had to build a five foot building and it's you know it's judged on aesthetics as well but it had right. to withstand this shaking table so they have all these fun challenges the the week before that you had to do an explosion you were either giving glitter slime or water and then you had to tie in the theme and then it also had to explode well so you have to really think about the structure oh, right. and the architecture of it, like what walls are going to give way which ones are going to stay up and yeah so it's just that's it's, awesome it's really fun and will arnett is just silly as can be so um so yeah that's been fun but that's yes cool. so yes while you're changing the world with your books i'm watching luca <laughs> well i'm going to suggest luca to my children because what they have tried to get us to watch is hell's kitchen which by the way oh. not kid friendly my kids are older they can handle it but the language in that show <laughs> is it's I a lot I think that guy would make me cry. I don't like it when people yell. Oh, he's so, I know. Sometimes he's, it's funny, but the people in the season they picked, they just picked a random season and they're mean. They're just mean to each other. And it's, I don't, huh. we've had no. some lessons. We've paused the show and had some discussions. Yes. I just don't know if I can sit there and listen. I am not anti foul language. Happy to use <laughs> that, that word now and then, but it's every other word. And even my 15 oh. year old said, you know, I feel like that word should be used more like seasoning. He's like to use a cooking metaphor while we watch a cooking show. Like if you put it there periodically, it has an impact, but if it's every other word, it's just annoying. Yes. You have way too much salt in that dish at that point. Yes. <laughs> it's a very salty. Analogy. I like that. <laughs> so oh, we're going to try Luca instead. 
Oh, yes. I highly recommend. Super sweet. All right. Well, uh, this is some great new books and stuff to put on my list. Thank you so much. Yes. I, I always love, and uh, for anybody who, for anybody who's listening, all of you who are listening, <laughs> um, yeah, remember that we've got the Look, Listen, Learn recap page, which has not been updated for a while. I need to get to that on yes, the website we from all our previous guests. So there's a lot of fun if you're looking for a good movie, good book, um, or it's just a there. good shampoo <laughs> for some of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take a look at that. And I know, Carol, I've, it's very late on the East Coast while we're recording yes. here, and we sure appreciate you. We know how busy you are and all, all the wonderful things that you do, but we just cannot let you go without saying a huge heartfelt thank you for mm -hmm. what you have done. I mean, just if anybody knows of a company that has a back to work or a relaunch program within their company, I got to think that Carol, you've had a hand yep. in that, whether directly yep. or just yeah. by them seeing other companies that you've helped move along and knowing that we cannot be the company that does not offer this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just over the couple of decades that you've been doing this. I mean, that's revolutionized the way yeah. that people can work. And uh, you know, it's, I'm selfishly saying it from a stay-at-home mom perspective, yeah. but we have friends who have come on and talked about working with a disability or mm -hmm. working after taking care of parents or, mm -hmm. or a child with special needs. So just for so many people who didn't think that having a career they loved was even a possibility for them, yeah. you've changed that. You and your team have changed that for people. So we're just gives so, me so grateful. Much hope. And yes, I wish that my video wasn't frozen. I want to do like a little bow, but <laughs> just, just imagine. Tip my hat. There you go. Tip your hat for me. Thanks, I'm glad I got frozen in a semi-normal position. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But it yes. really took me a few minutes. I was like, gosh, Suzanne is really, I mean, I know. this information my... today was amazing. And there were moments where I felt myself leaning in and I had to back up. <laughs> and I thought Suzanne is just as like enraptured really as I am, you know, like she's so listening. So oh, either I'm that so or my chamomile tea really kicked in today. I'm just super relaxed. <laughs> super chill. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to both of you. It, I, it was wonderful conversation and I really appreciated everything you said. So thank you oh. for inviting me. Well, thank you so much for being here. We hope you have a good evening. So too. nice to meet you. Nice Take to care. meet you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.